friends, nerds, librarians, and all you ilk. Uh, welcome back to the SS Librarianship Podcast. Um, we have a really, really interesting um, episode for you today. Yeah, I'm really proud to be able to bring this episode yeah. to all of you. <laughs> we have a couple of techs on board, yeah. which will be the subject line of the email chain back and yeah. forth about yeah. putting this episode together. It definitely has. Yeah. And so what the kind of, I mean, I talk about this when I when we introduce the actual segment. Um, we have uh, Tamarack Hawken and Ashley Van Dyke on the show. Um, Tamarack is a library technician, a teen library technician at the Surrey Public Libraries here in BC. And then Ashley Van Dyke is a library assistant at Simon Fraser University, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the one of the universities in Vancouver. And they and have really diverse, really rich sort of portfolios of things that they do in their jobs. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, what we kind of wanted to do uh, is talk a little bit about what is a library technician and what makes what makes their jobs and educations a little bit different. I mean, we've been Sam and I, if you've been listening, of course, you know, we've been submersed in the MLIS world for a few years now. And um, I just thought it was really great to get that other perspective. Yeah, it's a different type of education. It's a different type of duties that you end up with in those positions. But there's a lot of overlap. And the the goals and the passion involved are very much the mm-hmm. same. And so talking to people who who hold those positions and who've dealt with the often really fruitful and often sometimes kind of fraught relationships between librarians and library technicians mm-hmm. it was a fascinating conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I really hope that everybody gets something out of this because I, I know I certainly did. Um, we also have great mind grapes for you. I mean, mine was met with a little bit of uh, blank <laughs> stares, but that's what I get for playing old weird video games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we've got a couple of books. We talk a little Joss Whedon mm-hmm. and we talk a little live theater because yeah. Wicked is in town <laughs> right now. Well, I guess then without further ado, uh, let's get this one started. I'm Ali Sullivan and let me guess, somebody stole your sweet roll. <laughs> and I'm Sam Mills and it can giggle all at once, but the galaxy isn't getting any of our bourbon. So Ali, what's on your mind grapes this week? Well, um, I have been getting back into a really, really old video game. So uh, it's it's called Heroes of Might and Magic 3. It is the best of the Heroes of Might and Magic series. And um, like, how old are we talking? Gotta be, gotta be mid nineties. Hmm. Um, gotta be mid to late nineties. I'll, I'll when we do the show notes, I'll put up exactly how old it is. But it's this really old. Um, Sort of, uh, have you guys played StarCraft at all? Or try Heads to are shaking all yeah. around. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> clearly this is not the group to talk about video games with. But uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, a, it's a game that I played a lot when I was, a, when I was sort of a teenager. And it's sort of a, uh, like a, like a troop war game. Kind of, actually kind of feels a little bit like a board game sometimes. Okay. So... You, you start out as a hero in this castle, and each scenario, you play these different scenarios, and they have different goals. And, you know, you have to kill this particular beast, or you have to find this artifact, or, you know, this kind of stuff. So it's and very structured. It's very, very structured, yeah. And so you start in a castle, and there's, like, a there's a number of different, like, kinds of castles. So, um, like, you can play your the one that's very traditional, like 
kind of um, you know King Arthur style castle where the troops that you recruit are like pikemen and and archers and stuff like that. Or the one I like to play is Rampart, where uh, you recruit centaurs and high elves and uh, dragons eventually. <laughs> And then, you know, there's also ones like you can get the Necropolis where you're doing skeleton warriors and uh, bone dragons and stuff like that. It's a really, really fun old how are, game. How are the graphics for all of that being the mid-90s? You know, they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty good, actually. And um, we decided to get back into it. There's this great website um, called Good Old Games. It's GOG.com. And you can go on this site and you can get... Uh, you know, really old games, things like, uh, you know, the original Roller Coaster Tycoon or um, anything like that. And they're they're not expensive. You know, they're pretty cheap. It's kind of like Steam, but for really old, good old games. Um, so, th- yeah, as the name suggests. <laughs> so, I mean, they also have things on there like, uh, like Monkey Island or um, Grim Fandango or any of those, like, old adventure games that they don't really make anymore. Like the kind of puzzle adventure games where you have to like you have to find the item and then you have to give that item to the right guy who will give you the key and they're like they're they're really funny mm. they're all written by the, the same guy um so we started playing this game again because uh John and I figured out how to play it uh, multiplayer it's one of the first games where you could play like online multiplayer by um, using the TCP IP protocol. So you'd actually have to know the IP address of the person you wanted to play the game with and then try to play the game with them that way. Like, it was one of the first games. Perhaps not successfully. Try, yeah, not successfully anymore. (laughs) But um, we found out that there was this um, sort of online third-party program that allows you to play Heroes 3 co-op, which was was really awesome. So... um, one of the things I've been noticing about it... I'm just you guys sitting on opposite sides of the room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> we, we killed a Titan King last night. It was really great. Quality morning. It's actually fun. Yeah, no, great. Yeah. And um, the, one of the things I've been noticing about it is um, how difficult it is. Like, I've, I've been finding, like, when you play old games, you, I think, I think games used to be a lot harder than they are now. I've heard that before, yeah. Yeah. Like, new games are super easy. Yeah, like, I, I think that, um, I think that the, the, the AI in the games, you, you play against computer enemies, the AI is actually really good, and it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there's never there's never this feeling. I mean, you can you can like kind of like try to turn down the settings so that it's a little bit easier. But even when it's easy, like I'm like, how did they get that army so quickly? Mm-hmm. Like I only have I only have 46 centaurs. How did they get 100 golems? <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Do you think it was because it was a more sort of niche market back then, and so they were they were sort of Maybe. writing the difficulty of the game to the people they new were already experienced game players maybe that's possible but either way um it's it's been really it's been really interesting and i mean i know on a lot of games today too like you can they also have difficulty levels that you can mm-hmm. set like i've been also been playing a lot of skyrim mm-hmm. but i haven't been playing it on a hard setting because i hate dying <laughs> so it's <laughs> how you learn yeah but um but yeah so that's what, what <laughs> at I've least that's been. what i say when i die every time <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Heroes Heroes of Might and Magic three. If you're looking for some vintage game action, and it's it's also nice because it's uh, it can run on older computers, of course, because mm. it's you know it's it's an older game. It doesn't take up that much that much memory or bandwidth. So yeah, All that's right. a good one. <laughs> sure. 
What about you, Ashley? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I just started reading The Magicians by Lev Grossman yesterday. And um, I'm only a couple chapters into it. It was recommended to me by my supervisor at work. Uh, we started like a kind of like a book club. Go mm-hmm. to the pub every, every once in a while on Friday night. Talk about books. Um, and I'm only a couple so chapters fun. into it. And it's really interesting. It's reminding me a little bit of Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Where he wanders through this like kind of forest gardeny community garden kind of place in Brooklyn and he ends up at this school where he can learn magic and he had to go through this intensive testing I've heard it's a bit like Harry Potter for adults mm-hmm. so uh, we'll see yeah, how it, that too, yeah. yeah we'll see yeah. how it goes so far it's it seems really interesting yeah uh, Let's see what happens on the adventures. It's like at the first of three, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I haven't read the. I have read the first one. I haven't read the other two. Um, it's one of these books where it's a very complicated book for me. Like yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to spoiler anything because it's. It's you know. <laughs> I, I'm not that kind of person. But um, I think for me, I. I really didn't like the main character. <laughs> he is a very, like, he, so far it seems he doesn't like himself very much. Where he's yeah. very, like, oh, my life is awful. Yeah. And I wish mm-hmm. I lived in this mythical land that his yeah. favorite books were were set in. So you kind of get this, like, you're just 17 and mm-hmm. feel bad about yourself. Is it yeah. supposed to be the same magical world like the world he wanders into is it the world from the books that he's reading i can't figure that out so at first he asked if it was and then somebody was like no you're at this school and he was like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) but it becomes very obvious that that is not where he is so Mm -hmm. i think he kind of expected to be there Mm -hmm. but I think the thing that annoyed me about him is that that kind of uh, feeling of self-loathing never really goes away. Oh, Perhaps. it doesn't get better? <laughs> doesn't really get that much better, even though he starts to learn magic. <laughs> like, you asshole. <laughs> You're learning magic. Come on. like that would give you a boost, self-esteem-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting book. Um, are there any other, like, I mean, you're fairly early on in the book, but are there any other characters to latch on to at the uh, beginning as well? There's a, this friend, friend he makes at the school named Elliot who seems very, like, he's from, like, a small-town com- farming community. I think he's said in Oregon, and he's kind of helping him, like, get the lowdown on, on what's happening at the school, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. And then there's... Um, this character named Alice, who's very like already knows how to do all these spells, so she's very much high. She kind of, like Hermione, I guess, in Harry mm-hmm. Potter, except she's super shy and she doesn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Um, one thing I did find really funny, and I don't know if you guys will find this amusing too, in the book, the character Elliot smokes constantly. Yeah, <laughs> and I was very like I read it and I was like, that's interesting that they have this teenager smoking, like chain smoking. But yeah, <laughs> it's one of the signifiers that it's adult Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> older when was it um i think it's relatively new yeah i, I think no it's idea, probably actually. from like 2009 the first one? it's definitely post harry potter yeah mm-hmm. oh okay. yeah 2009 this is blowing my mind because i swear i've read this book and nothing you just said sounds familiar so, <laughs> <laughs> he, the author was the keynote at last year's bclc yeah so maybe that's no no but okay. i've read something of his Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was yeah. something else. This is embarrassing. <laughs> That's okay. We'll look it up later. Drop it in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's a nice switch from uh, textbooks and stuff right now. So yeah. yeah. And is the series complete? I think the third one I is is forthcoming. Okay. Uh, okay. I think this because the, the second one is the Magician King. Yeah, and then it has the Magician's Land on the cover of this one. Oh, okay. So, it could be that it's on its way out. Maybe that's something we should look at for the show notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. 
Yeah, just because I find it frustrating when like I start a series and I get into it and then it turns out that it's not all out yet. Yeah. It's <laughs> the Netflix the effect, isn't yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to write a paper about that. Yeah. Like release all the books all at once. Yeah. 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 Well, that must be a thing that's like, I feel like because that's happening with TV. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's happening in the book industry. That they're trying yeah, to, trying to flip out sequels a little bit more quickly. Yeah, or like sort of writing a whole series and then putting the whole thing out at once. I feel like I haven't heard about that yet. Not I if haven't. you're George R. R. Martin. Yeah, I was just going to say, it. it's sort of like the opposite. Where <laughs> they like leave you hanging for a really yeah. long mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I think if so, you can command that kind of an audience, you don't have to. I just saw my dad yesterday. He was clutching the latest Diana Gabaldon. Oh, God. <laughs> just got it. And he was like, I just reread so her entire series. Your father reads Diana Gabaldon? Yeah, he loves <laughs> Is he excited about the show? I was just going to ask that. Yeah, oh, they have just know. filmed the, the first book is being released this summer on, Oh God, I can't remember what network, yeah, but I'm I can't so excited. Either, yeah. So I know, though, about the Diana Gabaldon books that... Um, so he he's out in the valley, and mm-hmm. the Fraser Valley Library System has them cataloged as science fiction and not romance. And he's a huge sci-fi fan. Oh, so I think that's, that's how, how he discovered them. It. And that's he's like amazing. time-traveling Scotsman. This is like he makes his own kilts. This is right up. In hell. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's um, interesting. And I would have put them maybe in a little more historical fiction versus yeah. science fiction. I think that chapters yeah. are just in them, like yeah. plain maybe old that's... fiction and literature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, they outsource their cataloging. Oh, okay. And, the processing and everything to my knowledge so weird i don't know oh, who's okay. making that decision but yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. But it's, it's yeah it definitely yeah. affects browsing behavior he was that's literally really clutching it when i opened the door like, like <laughs> <laughs> grin and just adorable. yeah it arrives he's like that's i had pre-ordered my... for like a year and a half yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's on my list of books to buy when it comes out in mass Mass market paperback never read because all them. the other ones I have no, not. Me neither. I had so I read many people the, when I worked at chapters tell me to read them. I read I read Outlander. <laughs> yeah, I read the first one when I was on vacation with my parents, and it's pretty steamy. And yeah. I was like, my mom's like, "What are you reading?" I'm like, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading porn. <laughs> my mom recommended it to me probably about 15 years ago, maybe okay. somewhere on there, and I didn't pick it up. And then I bought it. I found it at a bookstore somewhere for like super cheap and picked up the first one and was like, this is amazing. Why didn't I read it before? <laughs> so I'm excited for the TV show. Yeah. It looks pretty fun. And now I have to decide, do I want to read or watch first? I don't know. <laughs> I would read it first just in case. Yeah. yeah. It's an easy <laughs> read. You'll, you'll get through it in like a day or two. Okay. So Tamara, yeah. what about you? I'm reading. Um, so I work in teen land. So I also mm-hmm. read in teen land often and I'm reading, um, the book is called All Our Yesterdays by Kristen Terrell. So it's one of the two, she's one of the two authors that's going to do like a live author chat for the TNRC over the summer. Her and Marissa Meyer. And I've already read Cinder. I haven't actually finished the trilogy. So I thought I'd pick up this one. It's a time traveling fiction about teens. And not a spoiler, because within the first chapter, you, you start the book and the main character, M, um, is in a prison cell and she's being tortured, her friend is in the next cell, and she finds a note from herself, from some future or past iteration of herself that's been hidden in the drain pipe that just says something like, you have to kill him. And uh, yeah, so it's a pretty gripping. I would recommend it so far. I'm not done, but yeah, it's pretty. How does the time travel work in it? Because I'm always interested. I mean, talking of Diana Gabaldon, the time travel in those books is is so sort of mysterious. I don't think they ever give us the straw diagrams. Yeah, this this does not really go into the mechanics of the time travel. Mm. There's... It seems at this point that a lot of the story takes place in a really short period of time, like a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which I wasn't anticipating for some reason. Um, and they haven't really gone into the mechanics of how the time travel works. They're just kind of mm. like, there's this box. It has a name. We got in it. Now we're here. And okay. I don't know if they're going to get into it or if it's <laughs> the nature of the teen fiction beast that it's more about the feels than the, yeah. uh, the science. That gotcha. Made, which is not universally true. I mean, there's some really awesome teen sci-fi that I love. I do big Scott Westerfeld fan. So, yeah. like, the time travel takes place just over those couple of days as well? Um, so there's only... In the novel as it is, they do one, so far, they do one bout of time traveling. Mm. And you're, you know, they talk about how they have time traveled numerous times before. But mm -hmm. it's sort of one time travel back and then this story arc from there. Mm. And uh, so it's okay. very, yeah, I mean, the mechanics of they're like, oh, we can't see ourselves. We can't see our past selves, right? That, that's not okay. allowed. But nothing, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, still, it's a good read, though. It's, it's, it's you know. I feel I like a lot of times when tra time traveling uh, books like that, they don't get into the mechanics. Like with uh, Time Traveler's Wife, they never really talk about why he can no, jump back and true. forth, just that it happens. And somehow the mysticism works in that book. Like, yeah. I, I was not annoyed by the sort of mystical nature of that time no. travel. I still really like that book. A friend of mine was in the sense that she wanted to understand, like, <laughs> yeah. how is this That's happening? That's usually me. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, same thing. I didn't bother me mm -hmm. as much. And same with the, the Outlander series. That kind of makes a little more sense where, you know, she's like like fairy tales right you walk through the rocks and you're on somewhere else so i think they just leave that up in the air so you can use your imagination maybe mm -hmm. a little bit as like how would that even yeah. work i mean i think the fact that there are rules in the time traveler's wife yeah there made are it rules. a little more comfortable for me as a like mm -hmm. a science fiction fan like the fact that he can't travel with his clothing and mm -hmm. he can't travel outside of his own lifetime and like all that kind yeah, of stuff. yeah exactly. or i guess he can travel outside of his own lifetime but not I think he only it's did the once, long. though, yeah. or something it's, near it's the rarer. end. Yeah. It's mostly, like, the closer to the middle of, the of his life yeah. he gets, the more concentrated the trips are. And, yeah. yeah, You can extrapolate the rules if you really need them. Yeah, <laughs> this one, it's more, I would say it's a slightly dystopian time travel, so the, uh, it's sort of this, um, okay, things have gotten really bad in the world, uh, and this one character has discovered time travel or built a time travel machine and he's sort of at the forefront of a lot of evil forces in the government and uh, this is who they're trying to, to stop or whatever. Oh, okay. And mm. so they don't, I, the two main characters aren't really involved in, you know, creating the time travel machine, but they know that it's there and hmm. this is how hmm. they're trying to. And it's like a reimagining of the story of Cinderella. Is that the idea? Oh, oh no, 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 it's sorry. That's something else. So, okay, sorry. I heard you mention Cinder, and I thought this yeah, was somehow connected to it. Uh, the only connection there, my bad, was that uh, Marissa Meyer is the other author that's going to do oh, okay. a chat over teen reading club. Right, okay. Yeah. okay. I need to finish that trilogy as well. <laughs> I've, seen the, I've seen it popping up in random places, but I haven't actually checked it out yet. It's... Yeah, I quite enjoyed the first one. Um, and then I have a coworker. I, I'm not really too fussed if the whole trilogy isn't out. That's fine. I mm -hmm. can kind of move on. Um, but I have a coworker that really kind of thumps her chest and cries if they're not all out at mm -hmm. once. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so she's waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's done now, if it was just the three books for mm. Cinder. That seems to be the magic number often. Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially in teen land. They're mm -hmm. like, yeah. 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 Books like to travel with buddies. They got the buddy system going. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than, other than my fabulous teen fiction, I am, um, I started watching Firefly. Ashley donated a box of 
Joss Whedon's works to me um, on DVD. Nicely done. Yeah. Well done. Um, I quite enjoyed watching Buffy. It was not something that I ever got into, and I couldn't figure out why everyone in libraries mm-hmm. was so obsessed with Buffy. Yeah. So I started watching it once I was already working in libraries, and I was like, yeah. oh, Giles, I get yeah. it now. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah it's, you know, it's the HQ for fighting evil forces, so this there's an obvious fit there. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I'm now I'm working through Firefly. Mm. It, it was shorter, so I was like, "Well, we'll do this one, and then we'll see time-wise if I can go on to." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's one um, season. I I love Firefly. I haven't gotten been able to get myself into Angel. Oh, I love Angel, but yeah, I, I, I do love Firefly. That's one of my mm. one of my favorite things. Firefly so. is my third favorite out of those three. I, <laughs> I still watched, really like it, but yeah, I'd watched the Serenity film at some point, and mm-hmm. I would. I must have seen a clip at Firefly at some point because I was like, I seem to remember the acting being just tragic. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a very specific brand of yeah. writing and acting and mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's well, sort it's, of it's its, it's own world. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, but even aside from the the rest of like the Buffy verse is one thing, and then I feel like Firefly is even more sort of specific and affected in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's de- yeah, it, I would say affected is yeah. the right word, but yeah. my expectations were so low that um, <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, good way to go in. Yeah, I, I'm slow. I'm like, yeah, I can do a season of this, you know. So yeah. And the season's only like 13 episodes. Or I think it's yeah, like it's some pretty people watch sports so yeah. they can fit in and watching Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, you should have been here the night that there were a whole bunch of people in here, and I mentioned that I really don't like Kaylee. Ooh. And then we were playing a card game, and everyone just kept murdering me. Were you ostracized? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We Aww. we made sure that that uh, that, that was not allowed to pass. Kind of on, yeah. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I think it was mostly from John because Kaylee is like his mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. So a lot of my male friends who enjoy science fiction are also big Kaylee fans. <laughs> it's, it's a theme. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sam? Let's round you up. Um, I went to see Wicked this week. <gasps> so Wicked. Wicked is in Vancouver right now. It's the touring cast, but it is like the Broadway level production. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so great. I never yeah. would have gone except that Kat, a friend of ours who I talk about sometimes because we're movie buddies, we always go out to stuff together, uh, is so into musicals and specifically mm. so into everything she's seen and heard of Wicked that she was like, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. I would have taken fence. And then she got a coupon for the tickets, and I was like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. It was I, so fun. I saw it when it was in, it was here, that that Broadway touring cast was here probably two or three summers ago. Mm-hmm. And I saw it then, and yeah, it's wicked. It's yeah, it was so amazing. fun. I mean, we were sort of, you know, halfway up in the theater, so the faces were not super clear, but <laughs> everything in the production, the costumes and the sets and everything are like exaggerated enough. Even the acting and singing is exaggerated enough that you know they, they project to you. So it was still really, you felt, mm. felt like you were there, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is good. Sometimes when you're way, way up, you know, yeah. it's almost like watching a movie from far away. But Yeah, uh, we were in the dress circle when we went and yeah. saw it and same thing. You could kind of make out the faces, but not really, and it didn't even make. Didn't no, it didn't make a it difference. Was, well, and what was actually kind of great about that was the women who play Glinda and Alphaba are doing, I mean, they're doing their own thing with it. They're making it their own, mm-hmm. but they're also very much doing Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, who sort of originated the roles, right? right and yeah. so with the woman who's playing Glinda, especially, I was far enough away from her face that I could basically just imagine I was watching <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth because she sounded exactly <laughs> like her. It was so good. But I didn't realize, I had read the book a long time ago and I don't remember very much about it now. And I kind of hadn't realized how much of a like 
love story between two female friends it is yeah which is so great yeah and that's like kind that, of the that main. final song i don't know what it's called it's probably called changed for the better or something like that it's for good uh changed for good yeah well no it's, for it's good. just for good yeah. yeah is is a great you know love song about friendship it was fantastic Aww, yeah was, yeah i really really enjoyed like that friend love story yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's kind of a nice trend in sort of movies like i didn't see frozen but i mean that's kind of a friendship between sisters exactly right? and then yeah. you know brave is between a mom and daughter like mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice trend it to is, see yeah oh my it's god nice it's so nice popping up more and more from just yeah romance yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well and frozen and um and to a certain extent wicked as well sort of poke at that you know idea of fairy tale love stories that mm-hmm. happen really fast between yep. the people you would think they would happen between yeah. and whatever. Yeah, yeah. definitely in Wicked too. love or romance, it's fine. It's just, <laughs> it, you know, it being the central narrative of all stories for all time yeah. everywhere. It's exactly. a little bit... It's, it's a little, it's like it's old. Yeah. It's a little yeah. old, yeah. And I really also didn't realize how funny the character of Glinda was going to be. Like the oh, fact yeah. that she's sort of this like, you know, airheaded sort of prom queen character, but she has this really good heart. I mean, you only see her in in the Wizard of Oz as this sort of fully formed like good witch right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and seeing the story behind that like obviously it's mostly Alphaba's story and that story is fantastic but also seeing Glinda's evolution is right. really really and her songs yeah. are so funny oh hilarious yeah. the popular yeah. song yeah I was just crying from laughing. It was so and good. She, her little like moves that she does like yes. she's so it's such an interesting character because I think they could really easily just have made her this sort of snobby prom queen type character but she's really nerdy too yeah, like, yeah. she's a bad dancer deliberately and like she has all these <laughs> weird tics that she does and yeah. she's you know you could she was almost um who was it that did the Spartans sketches with Will Ferrell? Was it Molly Shannon? Yeah. 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 In yeah. like a <laughs> on SNL. old SNL. Like, yeah. yeah. Or, um, or like Mary Catherine Gallagher on SNL. But like, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> superstar. I would rather not admit no. on a podcast that's going to go on the internet, but I have not really watched us. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll join. Yeah. That yeah. way. I, would, yeah. I would appreciate that. That's nothing to be ashamed of. There have been some crappy eras of yeah. SNL, yeah. but uh, but she definitely had that sort of affected, like nerdy, but also really gorgeous and blonde thing. Like, it, yeah, it made her really unique. It was really fun. Yeah. And the yeah. the sets were so gorgeous, and oh, the, yeah. especially the the wizard head. The sort yeah. of like the big mechanical like Puppet metal wizard face that yeah. the wizard hides behind, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's great. Like it's it's very Muppety actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's really over exaggerated and kind of funny just in its design. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah, I really like the dragon up at the top too, yeah. and then yeah, how that yeah. moved around. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's definitely like it's it's got some high production value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it musical. Does. So. I mean, that said, some of the songs were kind of, eh, like I probably wouldn't, you know, look them up and listen to them again, There, but there were a few. I mean, there's Defying Gravity, obviously, and, yeah. and For Good, and the one the wizard sings also about his whole arc of, like, coming to Oz, and it was a really clever sort of, yeah, one of those, like, Gilbert and Sullivan-y kind of songs that uses mm-hmm. all kinds of big words and rhymes them with each other. <laughs> it was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely worth going to. Yeah. I, I often wonder when they're finally going to get together and do a, a Wicked, like, movie. Like, I think that they're probably going to at some point. I mean, yeah. all of the popular musicals eventually get their get their film, right? The fact that it's been touring this successfully for this long. Yeah. And um, I was just talking to my mom, who also came with us this week, and she was saying she was looking up a bunch of um, clips from the Tonys. And yeah, they were they doing did, they did pieces for good on Wicked. the Tonys, yeah. And she said it's exactly the same. Like, the costumes are the same. Yep. The beats and the songs are the same. Like, it's yep. obviously they've sort of, they've, like 
corporatize the production to the point where oh, it's absolutely. the same everywhere it oh, goes, wow. which yeah. is pretty cool. The Wicked yeah. franchise. Yeah, yeah exactly. it is. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. And, and the yeah. touring, yeah, the, the touring shows, they usually are. Like if you see, if you see a touring production of, of a show that's coming from the international company or the, you know, the national company, it's going to be very similar to just like knowing what I know from the theater world. <laughs> I used to work in the theater world. And, um, yeah, so like I used to work for the local theater company. And it's like if because we're doing spam a lot this summer at uh, we I haven't worked there in freaking years. Um, <laughs> Arts Club is doing spam a lot, but I saw the spam a lot touring production, and I'm sure it's going to be very different. Like the uh, because we're the local company, it's going to be uh, local costumers, local set builders, all this kind of stuff. And the Arts Club definitely will put their spin on it. But like you know, the one that you go see at the center downtown, that's the that's the touring production, that's going to be the same production, not the same actors, mm-hmm. but the same everything that you see in New York on Broadway. Yeah. I mean, they like both have their, their pluses and minuses, right? Like, yeah. I saw Rent when a local production company here did it. Like, a guy who I went to high school with is their producer. Like, they're a small-time company. Yeah. But they did an amazing job because they sort yeah. of, they worked with what they had. Well, Rent they is easy. the small space they had, and they still, you know... They still really made it work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rent is one of those ones I think that you yeah. can do that with. I mean, it's the big exciting one that we saw an ad for at the theater when we went to see Wicked mm-hmm. is the Book of Mormon is coming here next year. Yes. What? Okay, that'll be good. <laughs> Mormon. So that we'll have to check out for sure. But yeah, no, I would say if it comes it comes to your city or if you're in Vancouver till the end of have, this week, it's think, ending oh, really soon. Yeah, it was yeah. very yeah. short run. Yeah. Yeah. Touring usually does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely yeah. worth it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, geez, lots of really great recommendations today. Yeah. And like a bit of everything. We got books, we got a game, we got TV, we got <laughs> live shows. So we'll drop all that in the show notes for sure. For sure. This week on Class Z. Z. You're going to be outnumbered. Here. I think My so. I think I lose I this week. I, I'm okay with that. I was looking across the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, two of our very good friends uh, here who are library technicians. And um, we thought we could do an episode where we sort of talk a little bit about what that means. Because um, I know when I went into the MLIS, I had no idea what a library technician was. I knew a couple of people who were doing the program or had done the program, but I still didn't really know kind of what the difference was. And throughout the course of my education, I never really learned. <laughs> you know, I, I found that a lot of the information I got was incomplete or, um, you know, contradictory to the truth. And so I thought it would just be really, really great to have uh, you guys on to sort of talk about um, what does make the tech education a little bit different? Why, why are your job duties a little bit different? Um, so, yeah, we could do some introductions. Yeah. <laughs> So we've got Tamara Cocken. Am I pronouncing it right? Hawken. You are. Hey, All nice right. Work, and lady. Ashley Van Dyke here yeah. today. This is so exciting to have you guys on board. Aces on the pronunciation <laughs> on board. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, after I screwed up Kate's name like three times last week. Yeah. Oh. I think it through now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you guys want to tell us maybe a little bit each about sort of what your current position is and what, what duties you have within your own library systems? Sure. And we can go from there. Sure. Do you want to start? Sure. Why not? Okay. So, yeah. My name is Tamarack. I am a library technician. I work at the Surrey Public Library. And my title there is Youth Services Technician or Teen Services Technician, depending on which business card you look at. Um, So I mostly work with the teens. Um, I also do some website content management and uh, run about 90% of the library's Twitter account. and I've been there for about five years. I was very lucky. I got a position right after I finished my tech diploma. Nice. Um, I've only worked for one other system. I did some on-call work for the Fraser Valley Public Library. Um, and uh, 
graduated from the University of the Fraser Valley out in Abbotsford. Um, I'm trying to think where I want to, I guess, start this is... <laughs> uh, what's like a, what's a day like for you, sort of as a tech in well, a position where you're working with youth? <laughs> Probably pretty variable. I thought, but. yeah, no, fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, I might throw one other thing in sure. before my day to day, which is just a little bit about how I came to it. Cause I think there's a lot of narratives about um, mm-hmm. librarianship as I have an MLIS, I'm a librarian and the identity that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's niche identity definitely mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, in the library community, mm-hmm. there's, there's maybe a stronger librarian identity. So I'm very much passionate about libraries and I don't know whether librarians who haven't worked with technicians yet understand that we are also professionals who have mm-hmm. a lot of passion and interest about the field. And in the case of both of you, a lot of involvement in like professional associations and events and oh conferences God. and mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. More yeah. so than a lot of the librarians I know, for sure. <laughs> like Friday night emails for years. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know what a library technician was before I decided that I wanted to work in libraries. I um, was traveling around the world in my 20s doing kind of the crime think lifestyle which is a bit of a 90s reference um and realized at some point I was really poor I spent a lot of time in public libraries and one day it occurred to me that someone had to do that job and wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great if that was me um it's not a thing that necessarily occurs to you right away as like no a job that you could make a living at no I didn't <laughs> spend any time in libraries growing up um so you know once I hit my teens I was out getting into trouble I was not an avid reader I'm still a very slow reader it's not really my strong suit I have other other skills that I bring to the table. Uh, strong, fast reading is not one of them. So uh, I really approached the public library as a, a public space that I was really interested in and started looking at, you know, what does it take to work in a library and found out that there was something called a library technician. And not only that, but there was two places in all of BC and the Yukon to get that training. Uh, one is in Vancouver at Langara and the other one is in Abbotsford at the University of the Fraser Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luckily, my dad still lived in Abbotsford. So <laughs> Excellent. Many years later, I sat on this for quite a while before I decided I was going to pursue it. I did uh, move back to Canada, moved into my dad's basement, and uh, went back to college, which was a very difficult transition. Mm-hmm. Um, as anyone who's taken time away from school and gone back can attest to, it's a huge culture shock. Um, so I never really considered the MLS because I didn't have a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other students that were in my cohort, that we don't call it that in tech school, um, <laughs> uh, were some of them did have bachelors and had decided that they didn't want to pursue the MLS for the cost or mm-hmm. the, you know, it's a different um, entrance process. You know, you don't need academic references to get in the tech diploma. I think they've changed it a little bit now, but you do need to, at the time I think we had to do like a sorting test. We had to mm-hmm. write a, a small statement of purpose and mm-hmm. uh, it used to be that you used to have some, you used to have to have some volunteer experience, but that's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've, I think they've waived that. Yeah, I think they've waived that at this point that you mm-hmm. don't need library experiences to go do the tech diploma. So it was myself and a few, a uh, few really young, like new high school graduates, and a lot of um, parents returning to mm-hmm. the workforce. So sort of okay. maybe late thirties who were looking to upgrade their skills. A lot of them worked in, you know, like their kids' school libraries and wanted to Mm -hmm. be formally trained. That actually sounds 
relatively similar to the the age spread and experience spread that we got at library school as well. Yeah. I mean, probably coming from maybe different directions, but yeah. Yeah. So now I haven't done the MLS, so I can't kind of do a really easy compare and contrast, but I have worked <laughs> in libraries and worked with enough librarians to kind of give a little bit of a, a comparison. And then we're taught by librarians. So mm -hmm. they have, you know, they're kind of able to say, well, this is how what you're doing is different or not so different from mm -hmm. the master's degree. Um, I mean, the obvious difference is that you don't necessarily have a bachelor's degree, though, again, many, many technicians do. Um, so you you won't necessarily have um, an academic expertise in another subject area. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot more cataloging, from what I understand. And I did work as a cataloger for about six months in Surrey. And that's just not a librarian position in that system. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of systems... Um, Occasionally, that's something that I hear the endless librarians bemoan that they're like, oh, I wish I could be a cataloger and, <laughs> you know, and, and do that. And you know, I think, well, you just, you know, become a library technician, I guess, if, if you want to. That's yeah. kind of, I mean, not across the board. I know, I do know librarians who are catalogers, but yeah, there are, I think Yeah, it's more probably variable from institution to institution and maybe between public and academic. And I mean, maybe that's mm -hmm. a good spot to, to bring Ashley into the conversation because sure. you're working at an academic institution currently, right? Yeah. So I am at SFU up in the Burnaby campus. So uh, the WAC Bennett library at um, SFU's Burnaby campus. And I've been there for about a year and a half. Um, I do my tech diploma from U of E. Actually, we graduated the same year, I believe. Oh. Um, <laughs> Did you guys know each other while you were there? No. Oh, well, well. vaguely. Vaguely. Yes. Not a lot. Um, and uh, I forget where I was going to go with that. Um, so a difference in, in the academic side, um, I do a lot of reference work, which um, I think sometimes people who coming in to visit the library or when I talk to other technicians, they're quite surprised by that. They figure, yeah. uh, they often feel that only librarians will do that reference work, um, which I'm really lucky in my position where my supervisor has been super supportive about things and is like, no, Ashley does the exact same thing that most of the librarians do. Mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of reference and I do a lot on ask away and I do a lot of instruction, which is super fun and uh, probably one of my favorite parts of my job. Um, I don't do any of like the more technical stuff, so there are, is a huge processing department. Um, I want to say there's about 20 people that work in it, but I could be could be mm -hmm. wrong about the numbers. Um, and I believe they're all they're all technicians, or a couple of them are technicians, and a couple are librarians. I'm not too sure on the split there. Um, but yeah, I have heard that from librarians before when we do our limited term librarians and our, our co-op students that they wish they'd done the cataloging because we have to take like three classes, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whereas for us, at least at UBC, it's completely optional. I mean, yeah. there's one foundational class and then, yeah. Yeah, we had three required ones. And then um, so what else do I do specifically? A lot of website stuff, uh, which is, again, something I wasn't taught in school, but it's it's fun to do. Mm. Um so in terms of the the spread of courses that you take, like it sounds like it's a very similar coverage to the MLIS in terms of that there's technical aspects and there are the more public service and programming oriented aspects to the education as well. Yeah, I think that's fair to say because I know I did a teen services class, a children's class, um, the reference in the reference class. There's yeah, I mean you you have a somewhat slanted view because you have two UFE grads, and I know that Langara mm. has some slightly different mm -hmm. offerings. They do have some specialized reference, like they'll get kind of a 
think it, I don't know if it's one class that rotates different subjects, but I've spoken to people who've done like a health reference course or a legal yeah. reference course, and we don't, we didn't have that at UFE. And then as well, the courses have changed somewhat since, since we graduated. Um, we do do some of the overview content. Um, there's, at UFE anyways, there's a couple of streams you can choose from. You can do a mm -hmm. kind of, um, I think it's a youth services stream. Mm -hmm. There is an archive stream, which a records management kind of, oh, yeah, there's, right. there's with a couple, couple of courses for that. For that. Mm -hmm. And then there's sort of an IT stream, which was what I ended up doing. So oh, okay. I got like a CI, what is it? CIS computer information system certificate at the same oh, time. Okay. Yeah, um, I did a, I think mine has a, my diploma has a children youth services focus. No, that's being used. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> First but, uh, years, they're really not that different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I my day has similar. I mean, I do a lot of reference work at the public library, um, and I I work at the city center branch, so it's it's a large four floor mm -hmm. library, mm -hmm. and we're information nomads that will go from floor to floor. So I might be next to the teen section, but not necessarily. Um, so you deal with everyone and anyone, and the stories are endless. They're up on my Twitter account if you want to. Um, uh, I do a lot of program design and delivery as well for teens. So mm -hmm. I work very closely with the teen services librarian. Um, but she has been somewhat part-time over the past year. Mm. So I've gotten more of a glimpse into what some of the differences are in terms of if I was in that role versus the hat that I technically wear as the technician mm -hmm. as opposed to the librarian. And I think system to system, it's very different. Um, mm. I get the impression that some systems are a lot more, um, those roles are maybe more separate, the little Venn diagram of librarian and technician, you know, there's, li mm -hmm. yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The glass ceiling's a little thicker in, <laughs> in some places mm. and, uh, than, than where I happen to work, which is great. Um, it would be even better to get you know paid according to what I'm doing, but you yeah. know, whatever, so we're gonna take it for now. Um, <laughs> so I don't deal with budgeting. That's one thing, mm, okay. it's very rare. I will occasionally submit receipts, but it's sort of not something that I would usually do. It's like if I have to go pick up snacks for the Xbox gaming, that's unusual. It, that would usually be the librarian. I don't usually deal with the money. Mm. Not that we have a lot of money, it's a public library. <laughs> um, I don't deal with collections. So I okay. would maybe suggest items and they'll be, um, Surrey's really responsive to patron requests anyways. Like they're mm. very, very good with it. If it's published in the past year, we're just gonna buy it. But um, as a library staff, probably that carries extra weight. But that's mm. not teen specific, but I don't have a collection development area. So okay. that's- So that's the librarians mm -hmm. in yeah, your system. Yeah, I would, I would nail those down as the two big things that I don't do hmm. as a technician. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would agree with that. I don't do any collections. I'll do collection support as in, the um, liaison librarians will get their the course outlines for their subject areas, and I'll mm -hmm. double check what books we have and which books we should probably buy. But okay. um, I don't develop any or yeah, I don't develop any collections mm -hmm. myself or work with any budgets. So mm -hmm. okay, they don't so. trust us with the money. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they don't trust the reference librarians at UBC with the money either. If that, right, if that bigger bigger organization yeah. though too. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. hmm. No, nope. someone's someone's digging over there. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's probably my phone. That's all right. Um, I'm gonna say something. So Ashley, when you're mm -hmm. sort of working as part of the reference team, like is that a team of librarians and techs that have pretty much the same responsibilities when they're on the reference desk or when they're doing ask away or those sorts of things? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think actually currently I'm the only technician within information and instruction, which is what 
the reference department is called. Mm-hmm. We do have a job posting out right now if anybody's <laughs> interested. Um, but I, yeah, I am the only technician there, but I work the same as where the, um, the liaison librarians do. So someone comes to the desk, we answer the question as best we can mm-hmm. and refer as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Askaway. I think the biggest difference that they have is they the librarians work on like special projects and more in-depthly with the master's and PhD students where mm-hmm. I answer more general questions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I've seen your name in the back end chat on Askaway when I've been on there. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say there's also, as I think about it a little bit more and Ashley mentioning projects, there is um, some of the sort of larger initiatives that happen in the library mm-hmm. are generally like a lot of the big picture stuff we will not be included mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, sorry, yeah. I will say though, with the big picture stuff, I do provide like admin support. So if someone wants some help getting like an Excel graph made, I'll help them with that or run some numbers or talk about um, what sort of like how classes are being run and what content is being taught, even though I don't develop any of the content. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit, little mm-hmm. like a foot in the in the big picture, but I don't yeah. develop anything. I like weasel my in, way in once in a while, but you know those. <laughs> I'm not going to go and present to the board on mm-hmm. teen services. That's right. not going to be my role in the sort of mini department that I'm in. I'm not going to um, sort of do the bigger reporting out. I would maybe mm-hmm. report out on a program that I've run and share it with my librarian colleague and. It would be more her role to work that into sort of, okay, these are our goals for the year, or this right. is a direction that we're going, and uh, mm-hmm. steer the ship. Um, so I mean, sort of strategic, like, initiative level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I work somewhere where it is very teamwork-oriented, and that's going to play out different ways in different institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that as a technician, we are not groomed for management in the same way that Mm -hmm. MLIS candidates are. So you you guys seem to leave the master's program with um, more of that kind of big picture conversation happening continuously through your studies of like, Mm -hmm. librarianship is a field, where we're going, where you're going to take your library work, um, and possibly managing other staff i mean Mm -hmm. we do like a supervisory course um Mm -hmm. but that's still optional though i don't remember i think so i don't think i took it i can't believe Mm -hmm. that i would have taken it if i didn't have to (laughs) (laughs) well i didn't i didn't take it um but i would agree yeah i feel like with the mlist degree you guys definitely get more of like a a management kind of angle to things where we're more of the support Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, I think that's fair. And probably yeah. sometimes at least more on the front lines in terms of actually dealing with the public, right? Like, do you find I would spend that, more time on the desk than yeah. my librarian yeah. colleagues in a given week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, So definitely. in terms of the desk, but maybe not in terms of programming, like that might be a little more equal or? Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, I can only kind well, of and speak yeah, we're, for... We're obviously yeah. talking specifically to the systems that you guys work in. I yeah. know that in adult services, so our... Um, like our basic computer classes, mm-hmm. they're taught by a librarian and a technician will be in there to kind of classroom support okay um but Which then on the EPL other hand is actually different like a lot of the courses at EPL are taught by LAs and techs right yeah I mean on the that's other right, hand yeah. that's kind of a third of my job on the reference desk is teaching someone who's never used a mouse before how they're yeah. gonna sign up for gmail which is daunting <laughs> to say the least yeah so and so in terms of developing programs from scratch, that's something that's part of your job. So you'll sort of assess your, like the teens that come to your library and decide this is a program we need. And Yeah, I mean, teen services is sort of a special place to be in that sense because it's a lot, uh, 
it's a lot newer, relatively speaking. I mean, it's not new, new, but mm. uh, at least in my system, having a branch librarian and technician dedicated to teen services is something that for the system, it was new when this library opened mm. in late 2011. So there's not a lot of history there in terms of like, you know, children's services is like we do story time, like nobody's mm -hmm. business all the time, right? Like yeah. every day, new story time. You got pajama story time, you got Saturday story time, you got ones for different ages. And it's kind of a ball that keeps rolling. You know, you throw in some Lego club or some special programs, um, a lot of special programs over the summer, but teen services doesn't really have that same staple. I mean, the closest thing that we have is like a teen advisory board maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, you see different named things like that in different systems, but are you going to have a book club? Are you going to do gaming? Are you going to do Minecraft? Mm -hmm. Are you going to do a maker's club? Are you going to do, like, it's a lot more responsive to trends, I guess, in some mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. And it, it's also a much tougher nut to crack. You know, you kind of have a, um, you have a larger pool, I guess, to draw on for, for, for children and kids programming, I find, than for mm -hmm. teens are sort of, too old to be led around by their parents, but too young to like really have their shit together and <laughs> yeah, follow through on that thing they signed yeah. up for. So probably part of the reason that I do a lot of program development is specific to the fact that I work with teens. Mm. If that makes yeah. sense. I mean, that's great though, that it's sort of, it's flat enough that mm. the obviously large yeah. amount of expertise in that area that you bring to the table is being used. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really, I, I really like it. It's a really exciting it's an exciting job to have. It's good. And you're both really involved in the sort of professional development after um, oh after yeah. education. Both of you, like, yeah, I, yeah. Well, we've all been to conferences together. We've all been to like, you know, various drinking nights and, and stuff yeah. like that. Well, and we saw both of you give fantastic <laughs> presentations well, at BCLA this yeah. year. So. so I'm kind of wondering, um, is is there any kind of like underlying sort of thing that you're wanting to communicate with to techs? Because you guys run a specific kind of a professional development group for techs within BCLA. Is that correct, or am I in? correct so yeah. yes uh, ashley is the new chair of the library technicians and assistance section yeah. of vcla perfect <laughs> um that was i am past chair now so that's a good feeling <laughs> she's uh, not going anywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's but, that's yeah. got a whole big long history that we won't mm -hmm. go into depth in but the, the i guess the teaser of is that it's yeah, it's a, it's a section within BCLA that does now have board representation. So I spent two years on the board. That's now the hat that yeah. you get to wear. Um, That's trying is to... that a fairly new thing? Yes. For the, the, like the seat on the board? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, so the only other two groups that have a seat on the board um, that are... So it, in BCLA, it works as you have sections, committees, and interest groups. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, sections are the only ones that have a board representative. And the only other two are the young adults and children's services mm -hmm. section. And then the academic. We're just academic now. Yeah, they just. We're just academic name. librarians now because it used to be Alps, but it's not. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's been, that's been great in terms of just getting some more involvement and profile for technicians, and that doesn't mean that that's the only position that technicians are, um, you know, allowed to hold on the board. Uh, our mm -hmm. past. Not our just finished past president, but the one previous uh, was also a library technician. A library technician who happened to be the chief librarian of the Nelson Public Library. Mm. Um, yeah, once you get out of the lower mainland, things are a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, a little less rigid. Um, so, in terms of the membership of the groups and sections across BCLA, though, I mean, my impression has been that that's pretty 
heterogeneous, like that there's there's techs and librarians sort of rubbing elbows in all of those groups. Is that has um, that been your experience or not so much? I would say, well, from my experience, there is because in addition to being with LTAS, I was on um, the First Nations. Uh, Finnig, First, First Nations interest group for, for quite a while. I, I spent three years in a First Nations research library, so I joined mm-hmm. Finnig. Yeah. Um, and I believe we've got technicians with Yaks and... Oh, you? I mean, I don't hold a position, oh. obviously. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Reader's Advisory, and quite a few of them. I just the I can't remember right now. But yeah, they are... We're everywhere. <laughs> I guess I mean, that's fantastic because even as students, we sort of, yeah. you know, as MLIS yeah. students, encountering techs in all of those professional development sort of mm-hmm. events and things that happen, I think it, I think it helps. I mean, I think I was lucky in some ways because I did a student librarian gig at VPL in the programming and learning department, which mm. is so new that everyone is doing everything at the sort of service level. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, the management and and bigger picture level stuff is being done by librarians, but in terms of the actual developing courses and keeping them up to date and teaching them to the public, it's so, like, there's no hierarchy there. Everybody just does everything together, sort of each according to their ability. And that's, I get the sense it's not like that everywhere, but I feel like I was so lucky to see that before I even graduated because as a librarian, it's going to give me a, a better picture of how techs and librarians yeah. can work together, yeah, right? I'm yeah, I mean, I'm really glad to hear that new librarians are getting that experience. It's something that I got a lot of when I was going through the tech diploma from um, folks who had been in the profession as technicians for a lot longer than me. Mm. Um, I believe that that program graduated their first technicians around 1980. Yeah, somewhere in the 80s. Okay, Mm. so there was a lot of warning about, you know, librarians are going to try to tell you that you're not professionals Mm. and you need to stand up for yourself, essentially, because we just have a different credential is all that it is. So... Mm Um, I have been really lucky to not experience a lot of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some, but I think I was sort of prepped to expect a lot more. So I think part Mm -hmm. of it is that the times, they are changing. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I I also co-coordinate the mentorship program for BCLA with two other librarians. And that was an initiative that actually started with the technicians group. Oh, awesome. Um, We ran it for a few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's just a nice kind of not super formal way of connecting people with somebody that they don't work with and haven't gone to school with, hopefully, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little buddy system for the profession. It's nice. Um, and and has that been sort of cross-librarian and tech lines, that program, or is it still yeah, sort of, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, when you talk about how representative or how represented we are in other sections and stuff in the professional association, I think it's changing. I don't know for sure. I mean, there's a lot of people that are members of the professional association and are kind of lurkers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are a profession. There's a lot of lurkers in our profession. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it's hard to say, but um, yeah, like I got the experience with mentorship at one point to go and speak at Slace. And uh, I like to kind of, you know, it's nice, you know. Yeah. I am a library technician. As you can see, I do not have horns. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because I, I have I have friends and colleagues who have done their MLS and been told, um, well, the librarian jobs are all being taken by technicians. And, you know, you're, yeah, we you're going to that. be. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. shoved. And, and I, don't think I can true, sympathize but. with the fear of I've just spent a phenomenal amount of money on this qualification and I would like to be employable. Um, I think we feel that as well, even mm-hmm. though it's not, you know, it's not as much money to do your tech diploma as to do your grad studies, but it's still like, mm-hmm. still a good chunk it's of change. It's not an insignificant. Yeah, people yeah. are, you know, that's like, that's a big yeah. investment. It's an investment of your time and uh, it, it's hard work. And, and of your of passion, money. I think, in the sense of, in the, in totally. the of both of these professions, right? We go yeah. into it for reasons other than 
the big fat paycheck at the other end. Yeah, you're in the wrong. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I don't think, I don't see that librarian jobs are necessarily getting replaced by technician jobs. I think there's, um, there's work for both and sometimes it overlaps a lot and sometimes it's quite different. And if jobs in the libraries are going away, then it's not, you know, I don't think infighting is the solution there as far Mm -hmm. as, oh, well, we should have more librarians and not have this other credential. Um, I think we just need to make sure that we're, we're fighting for libraries overall as opposed mm-hmm. to absolutely elbowing one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More united on that front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and I think that's the great... I mean, Surrey obviously is, is a fairly new... or Not new system, but at least the way it's set up now is, is relatively new, right? With the um, new buildings, and have oh. there been some new initiatives or programs? Like, was there a reorganization of the actual departments? Or I, so Surrey as a system has been around since, gosh, I want to say like '83 or something. They okay. used to be part of the Fraser Valley Regional Library System, and mm-hmm. they seceded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's been some things that have changed with the the city center branch um, that are more maybe representative of changes in Surrey as a city. There's been like a real rebranding and mm-hmm. um, a lot of development in the Wally area they're trying to turn into city center or they they have renamed right. city center yeah. um so i'm just thinking about at, at v- vpl which again is sort of my frame of reference yeah. part of the reason i think why this this flattened hierarchy mm-hmm. situation has happened and why everyone is sort of being drawn upon according to their abilities and interests as much as they're being drawn upon in terms of their actual credentials is because they just went through a big reorganization. Mm-hmm. And that reorganization was based on sort of looking at at what we actually need to do as libraries and librarians to, and library techs to stay relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's great. It's great to hear. I, um, I do still see a lot of hierarchy. And I mean, I have moments myself where I'm finishing up. I just got my five-year card from Surrey. So I've been nice. a technician for about five years now because I started right afterwards very lucky and uh and at this stage i I mean i have five years of institutional experience Mm -hmm. there and i've been in a number of different positions and um you know there's on the job learning that you accumulate in the meantime i also finished a bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. and like to spend my free time doing nerdy stuff like (laughs) whatever workshops and stuff right so you know sometimes it gets me where i i kind of feel like barriers will be put up uh, attached to the job title where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I would be really useful on this committee because I actually know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you kind of have to fight for that. And it's not that I'm fighting to take over someone else's position at all, Mm -hmm. but just to contribute contribute. in a way that, you know, I'm like, I can bring this to the table. Mm -hmm. Y'all should let me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's still those frustrations. I mean, you're going to meet good library technicians who are amazing professionals and you're going to meet ones that aren't and you're going to meet amazing librarians and you're going to meet ones that you kind of want to punch the face there's that <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> at least want them it's to like, you know gracefully retire yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. or whatever you know <laughs> really early retirement in some cases yeah. but uh, it 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 saddens me when people kind of conflate the qualification with um ability um mm-hmm. i think a lot of times it comes down to passion like obviously everybody at this table is super passionate about libraries and and library work and it's easy to go into a job um, situation and have all those barriers put up about who can do what and who should be expected to do what and forget that we're all here for the same the same reason and it's just because we got our credentials a little differently than you guys Mm -hmm. or i mean in general librarians obviously not you guys (laughs) 
exactly. Um, it doesn't mean we're less passionate or have less things to bring to the table. Yeah. And it can be hard to find that support in places. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really lucky where to be where I'm at because my supervisor is very aware of of what I what I learned in school versus what a, a librarian would learn in school and what I can bring to the table at seeing that as a different, just a different perspective, um, especially mm-hmm. because I'm not specialized in a subject area. So there is that difference of what's happening on the front line, um, especially if I'm down there for say three hours a day and a librarian is down there for two hours a week mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to see what's happening, what are the trends, what do students need, so. Mm-hmm. And you find that, that she or that other librarians in the system draw on what you learn like sort of take yeah there's a lot of voice into account when they're dealing with developing new services and things yeah definitely i mean i might step into the conversation a bit later there and that goes more into the big picture ideas where they come up with um the big picture and then they they bring it to me and, and we chat about it um which is a fine way to go about it and they do it is great to have that contribution um similar to what we were talking about with in our presentation at bclc this year my coworkers and i about being involved in in that process of changing our public services Mm -hmm. is that we were still included in that conversation even Mm -hmm. though it may have come a little later or a little differently um yeah so there is that we do have that passion as well so that's great i mean that's great that those two fairly large bc institutions are setting that precedent right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i mean and you know between the four of us and the internet, it's taken a lot of fighting. You know, part yeah. of it is being a mouthy individual and insisting that um, some things happen. So Surrey's been very supportive, but that I'm going to say that that's also partially because I've asked a lot mm-hmm. of them, and it's not a taken for granted. So my librarian colleagues will have a professional development allotment for the year. I've managed to get a lot of professional development mm-hmm. out of the institution, which is fabulous, and I try to let them know how amazing value for money they're getting out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, $10 data camps, which lead to Surrey's first teen hackathon, that's yeah, kind of a good nice. value for money, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I have to be a lot more proactive in some mm-hmm. ways and the professional association piece as well. So, I mean, we have a section, but I do see my, my librarian colleagues having more institutional support for that in different ways. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they have a monthly meeting that they're allowed to attend on work time. Whereas that's mm-hmm. just not, um, that's not usually the story. If you're a technician, anything that you're doing with a professional association is going to be often outside of work time. I mean, both of us, I think, have gotten exception mm-hmm. in that case. But yeah. from what I hear from other people um, who are active in the section, not to mention, you know, people who don't even aren't even active in the section, and you kind of ask them what their yeah. job is like, and there's definitely no institutional support there's for it. There's a lot of barriers to things. Yeah, and I mean, a person like I'm incredibly passionate about this stuff. I'm amazed that I have not burnt out five years. And I was thinking about that on the drive-in. And I was like, yeah, good for me. Great. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, any human being can only do so many years of Friday night emailing and Saturday professional development on your own time before you kind of go, like, mm-hmm. I know that it will happen eventually for me, that I will just want to, I will probably want to change that a little. Like, that's just human nature. You mm-hmm. can only kind of burn at a six, seven-day-a-week thing for so long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, once that kind of, I go, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on spending my Friday nights doing library emails kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Exciting life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, I think to a certain extent anyway, there's the same, like we were saying earlier, there's the same division between, you know, the librarians who are who are those go-getters and, and aren't. But the difference, yeah, is that the, the ones who aren't are still, you know, 
being encouraged to or being mm-hmm. subsidized to go and have those experiences in a way that maybe yeah there's still going to be it's a blend so it's like it's a blend of yeah. you know that sort of self-determined role where you can you know create your own life obviously mm-hmm. um and that there are there there just are ceilings you know we we work in a profession where it's tied to these credentials but then the hilarious thing is is that you know it's not like the legal profession or the medical profession, you know, mm-hmm. like definitely nobody is saving babies at the library. Um, it's, you know, like we belong to a professional association, but we don't need to do that in order to practice our mm-hmm. profession. Um, so it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, and it's very, because it's so service oriented, it really becomes a matter of, you know, does it matter if the person on the front desk actually, you know, has those certain letters after their name, as long as they're providing the service that they're, is needed right oh yeah yeah oh my god i mean they <laughs> it everybody is a little bit different about this and we've had conversations internal to um ltas to the technician mm-hmm. section about you know the language piece and what people prefer some people don't mind paraprofessionals i would really encourage any librarian listening to never use that term um Good i feel like know. i should get a parachute if people are going to use it okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh and then some people don't mind if they're called, you know, librarians, right? Because the t- people who don't care about, you know, the library hierarchy, which mm-hmm. is basically anyone who's not in the profession. I mean, who else would care about this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, you walk into the library, you go up to the desk, you assume the person at the desk is yeah, a librarian. Yeah, and to, right? to be fair, like prior to going through school, I had no idea that no. there was the technicians mm-hmm. and the librarians and that it was a master's program. Yeah. And yeah. so you don't expect the public to walk in and be like, I'm sorry, are you a librarian or a technician? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> they just want their question answered. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. We yeah. have those dynamics where if I'm on the desk, you know, with Allie and somebody comes up and calls me a librarian, then I, I mean I will have moments where I feel like I need to correct them because there's somebody mm-hmm. with an MLS sitting next to me mm-hmm. and bore them with the details of what exactly my educational <laughs> qualifications are um, because there's there's politics there sometimes yeah yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so. yeah, yeah. and then question the other part of the flip side to that I guess or this and maybe it's the same side is your job description or your job title so I'm a library assistant and I know we've had a similar discussion within mm-hmm. LTAS about what are library assistants versus technicians yeah. and yeah. how do how does that all fit together and I have no problem being yeah, the library assistant sure. because I help librarians and I help the library that's what I do I'm it's descriptive yeah yeah mm-hmm. and but I know there are quite a few technicians who who get upset about being an assistant because in some systems an assistant is equivalent to a page and mm-hmm. that oh, lack of right. the yeah. professional experience so. i think it's yeah and i mean i think it's i don't think you have to be a jerk about it <laughs> like i think it's, <laughs> i think it's okay to say you know i have this qualification yeah. and i would like my colleagues to recognize that i have it if not the public yeah. because the public could not care less or you know some of them could mm-hmm. that's fine i mean i do you know you sometimes have those moments where someone goes Oh, you need a master's to be a librarian. Well, there's kind a lot of, of those mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. yeah, we all have those yeah. stories. Try. And so every person I told I was going to library school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, we do share that information with people who are not librarians and technicians, mm-hmm. but um, generally it's something more internal. But at least within the library community, it's like, of course, I would like recognition for the fact that I went yeah, through that hell absolutely. of school to get, to get no, through this, of, and much as yeah. you know anyone does. Yeah. So I don't think that. I don't think that in order to do that, you have to step on the people who do not have the qualification that you yeah. don't have. Like mm-hmm. whether it's a technician saying, you know, something potentially derogatory about somebody who doesn't have a technician's diploma. I I don't know. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, maybe we still need, obviously we're still having these conversations in lots Mm -hmm. of, lots of venues, but there maybe still needs to be a, everyone in the profession at all of those levels should be aware of, of the different strengths that are being brought to the table, right? Because then you Mm -hmm. know what someone means when they say they're a library assistant or a library technician or whatever. I mean, I think that still needs to be an ongoing conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it saddens me to no end when I think about the time time and energy wasted on on throwing up some of those barriers between the different types of library workers instead of us like focusing forward and focusing mm-hmm. on the services that we provide and on building up the library really you know mm-hmm. and getting caught up in these who can do what squabbles that um like there's there's a reason for for a division of work in some cases absolutely like i understand mm-hmm. that like yeah. this person's trained to do this and I'm not, you know, I'm not trained in the circulation module, so I'm just going to stay the heck out of there, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, like, the end-all, be-all should not be us differentiating ourselves. It's yeah, no, that should not be. Not the most you know, important thing going. A, a yeah. tool in the service of our, you know, patrons or whatever else we're trying to, to serve and to build mm-hmm. together, right? I guess because we have a lot of listeners who are in library school or who are thinking about library school or whatever, like, what I'd like to ask is sort of if, if you have any little pieces of advice for people who are about to become librarians in terms of when they get to a point where they're working side by side with people who have a library technician diploma. I mean, what what makes that relationship work? Like when it works for you? Support, I think, is a huge one. And uh, like I've mentioned before, I feel really lucky to have the support that I do where I'm at. And um, I had similar support in my previous position as well. And support and encouragement to to continue on with any like good ideas we come up with and even some of the bad ideas. And we can go through that whole failure process. Um, and for like professional development, so workshops, conferences, that sort of thing. And just to keep continuing our own education within the profession because things change constantly, right? Mm-hmm. So there is always that need for workshops and prof- like reading blogs and books and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think support and encouragement and to recognize that uh, the strengths that we bring to the table might be the same as the strengths that librarians bring to the table, but they might be coming from a different angle maybe, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with equal but different to quote somebody. Um, (laughs) That works. Library technicians are not B-grade librarians. We have our own qualification, and you're going to work alongside of us. So don't don't shoot yourself in the foot Mm because I've seen this happen. I've seen people – I've actually seen people not get jobs because they have waltzed in with um, a lot of arrogance about their qualification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. for certain positions, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, oh, well, I'm an MLIS student. I know I'm applying to a library technician position in your library, but um, yeah. MLIS, MLIS, MLIS. And yeah. then finding out that the person interviewing them is a technician. <laughs> and that was kind of not so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess on that flip side, to, or not flip side, but the same side, <laughs> I keep saying flip side. Um, <laughs> You choose to be a technician, right? Like I was talking with somebody at our last LTAS meeting and he looked at both programs and decided he was more technical and he wanted to work in that processing field and, yeah. and more the IT side. And so there was that definite decision to not choose the, the MLIS program. And so there there is that to consider that we didn't choose this because we couldn't become librarians. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can and I mean in my case same with Tamarack I when I went into library school I didn't have my BA I'm three classes away now so I'm super excited (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
you know, like this is just the way they weigh in, but some people are really passionate about being on that front line and being working on the behind the scenes within the technical side um, and not management and not mm-hmm. developing content. And so they have those strengths to bring to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to prove that you're a professional by, um, by being negative to your colleagues, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's common sense. Right. Yeah, and, and that's, so. I mean, that's a really important word in the context of this conversation is colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. you work in the library, the people you work with who are qualified to be there just as much as you, maybe in a different way, are your colleagues. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like inevitably because we shoved this in, this interview earlier into the day and we're on, <laughs> you know, running on coffee fumes. Um, <laughs> I know I'm going to listen to this later and, oh, I should have said X, Y, yeah. or Z. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'd really, yeah, I mean, I'd really encourage anyone who has, has, genuine questions to get in touch they can get in touch with us through the technician section of bcla or definitely yeah i'm all up in the twitters i mean we can throw yeah. those links up in your show notes but Absolutely. um yeah it's hard to get it all out in one podcast yeah. <laughs> well that just means we'll have to have a part two at some yeah. point. <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the show um that was it was a hugely illuminating conversation for me yeah this is and, a great perspective uh, for us to bring in because we haven't talked to anyone who's attacked yet and this is yeah fantastic and you will verify that we <laughs> two don't have in any, one shot. any horns no yeah. horns no horns well, thanks for just having lovely us, voices <laughs> yeah it was great meeting you guys that was awesome uh, yeah. I mean, I love hanging out with those ladies anyway. Yeah. It was so nice to get to know Ashley in person because we've sort of crossed paths virtually and at conferences and stuff yeah. before. And, and, and Tamarack is always a riot. So that yeah. was great. Yeah. It was, I, I love to learn. Yeah. It's, this is such a multifaceted profession. I, I think it's, it's really so, so awesome. so many different types of people coming from different directions mm-hmm. into, you know, a space where we all have shared goals. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's this beautiful tapestry of librarianship. We should we should embrace it. We should stop fighting it. We yeah. Should just, and we should certainly yeah. yeah be, you know, not just respectful, but really sort of appreciative of mm-hmm. all of the, the expertise around us. Right. And we're so Whatever lucky. Whatever people's job <laughs> titles are. We're so we're so lucky is just what it should all come down to. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and we are also lucky because our social media presence has been expanding so well. Uh, I'm the best at transitions. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing great on Tumblr. We're sitting around 360 or so. Yeah. Um, lots of new librarian and library themed and library tech blogs coming at us uh, totally. lately, which has been great. That and Good Wife blogs. I guess because I've mentioned The Good Wife a couple of times Maybe. on the show and also um, on my Tumblr. Yeah. And if you run a Good Wife blog, welcome aboard. Yeah. But also, I'm only on season three. So yeah. Stop, no if spoilers. I don't follow you, don't take it personally. <laughs> and on twitter we're doing pretty well as well um we are hitting around 430 people we're reaching on on twitter now so welcome and um thank you so much for for joining us um yeah twitter's twitter's great always if you have any comments or show or you want to live tweet while you listen i mean we're we're both pretty obsessed with it so um <laughs> just please please let us know talk yeah, at us no, it's we great love hearing from people on here yeah um we're seeing there was a little bit of excitement about the text coming on the show and yeah that was great uh lots of back and forth last week about kate's episode which was yeah. really popular mm-hmm. um some of you may have seen me tweeting at her about <laughs> the hits for her episode surpassing our bisexual captain <laughs> Hits, at least that in is, that one week period. Yeah, I think that is a uh, cap might still be winning. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're somebody when you're more popular than a bisexual Captain America. Oh my gosh, are you ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and really, I mean, any reviews that you can toss our way um, on iTunes or any other podcasting service that you yep. use. Um, thank you to not Melanie for her <laughs> lovely <laughs> iTunes review, but we'd love to see more of those. Absolutely. And um, yeah, if you want to give us feedback or get in touch with us any other way, uh, you can find all of our contact information on our website at sslibrarianship.com. Mm-hmm. Also on that site... You can find our amazing SS Librarianship buttons. Um, We are selling buttons, and you can buy them from anywhere in the world. Um, You know, they're they're just so cute. We we and we really appreciate the support. Um, And like I said last week, if the buttons just aren't going to be enough money for you to give us, you can also donate. And uh, you know, um, we have a donation button on the site, and. Really, if you if you love the show, if you love the podcast, if you love listening to it every week, please toss us a couple shekels because um, we are, you know, we, we do this from the love in our hearts and the love in our wallets. So <laughs> so any any anything you can do to help out um, yeah. would be more than more much appreciated. The fancier the donuts we can buy for our guests, among yeah. other, you know, more important <laughs> pieces of equipment. <laughs> Uh, and I guess all that's left this week is to thank Jonathan Colton, as always, for the use of our theme song, Glasses, off the album Artificial Heart. I am just, I'm still so stoked, and it's still so far away. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta choose what song I wanna do in live karaoke mm-hmm. with Jonathan Colton's band. Ooh. So if you have any ideas, oh, please tweet yes. them my way. Absolutely. And if you wanted to reach Sam, particularly on Twitter, she is at Spinning Sam. And Allie is at Bulbasauria. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for us this week, guys. I hope you learned as much as we did this week. And as always, we'll catch you on the proverbial flip side. Yeah,